0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the View from the Nest podcast with myself, Dark Forest Capital, and my good friend, AG. We're both contributors at the Index Co-op and have been for a number of months now. Um, We like to run through every week what the Index Co-op has done, go into more detail, and sometimes we even have a little chat about things outside of uh, Index Co-op and and crypto more generally at the end. So tell me, how are you doing this week, AG?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. I think... uh... It's been an interesting week obviously like at the cop a lot of exciting things everyone keeping busy uh a product launch you know so a lot of things to talk about on the other hand we can you know dive into the broader crypto market and that's just a bloodbath and uh less less exciting and uh yeah so Definitely been an interesting week, and uh, let's, uh, let's go through the newsletter, and then if we have some time in the end, we can, we can talk about our views on the market and, and where we go from here.
0: Yeah, sounds good. You're right. It was a bit of a mess this week. Uh, tried to keep my head out of what was going on in the markets, really. But I did take my time to add some emojis into the newsletter this week, so I hope you spotted that and, uh, and enjoyed that little bit of brightness that I'd added to the newsletter there.
1: Were there any sushi emojis? to match the new sneakers that you bought
0: no uh we had um my favorite one actually is the instagram selfie like there's a you can use a, a selfie emoji i've never used that before in my life but um, yeah, managed to sneak that in there
1: <laughs> all right uh no i didn't i didn't notice the selfie emoji i've also never seen a selfie emoji before so that maybe explains it
0: Pay pay closer attention, AG. You need to be reading this newsletter prior to the podcast so that you come prepared.
1: Yes, I do read the newsletter prior to the podcast. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> don't think that emojis are important parts of content that we need to that we need to discuss on the podcast itself. Okay,
0: gotcha. Um, so why don't you jump in with the first item this week? the btc2x fly and tell us a little bit about that and uh, i know that you have been looking a little bit at the figures um the facts and figures around it and paying attention to the sushi swap liquidity as well yeah so the
1: btc2x fly is sort of the extension of our flexible leverage index line of products and uh, it kind of follows in the footsteps of the eth 2x fly product that has seen kind of tremendous success and kind of a lot of activity, a lot of um, a lot of people using it, a lot of trading volume. Um, I think it's one of one of the most actively traded products on V3 as well. So this is sort of the the BTC version of it, and uh, compared to the ETH product that we launched on Uniswap, uh, this one uh, was launched on SushiSwap. And and uh, like several considerations. For it, I guess, and, and one of them was the ability to sort of get it on Sushi's onSense menu, uh, meaning that uh, LPs could get sushi incentives for it. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. Like, when that, when that went live, um, I don't think we, I think there was maybe about one million in the pool. And uh, it was quite fascinating to me like at at the time the incentives went live, I think it was about seven hundred percent a p y uh to basically be one and a half x long uh bitcoin so I was like i sort of went into that pool uh right away and and it was it was challenging because one the liquidity was very low, so um, anything you sort of wanted to do with the pool uh slippage was was pretty high, and at that time, right? like gas was also pretty high, and eth cost was like eth price was over four thousand still so uh, those were quite expensive <laughs> transactions but um, yeah, so the pool has grown quite a bit. I think there's about six million in it now um uh, trading volume volume is is pretty decent, I think. It's sort of, um, on average, I'd say it's above one million, maybe one, one and a half million. I'm uh, just looking at social Analytics right now, and it shows yesterday's volume at three and a half million. So uh, quite interesting. Yeah, so I, I think in general, like it was a really good launch by Lemonade. I think the, the socials uh, were kind of very well-coordinated, and the the launch post in general got like a lot of traction i think uh it was two hundred eighty thousand impressions on twitter for that one so yeah quite excited to see how how that develops but i think five six days in it's uh it's doing pretty strong but you know the price action in, in bitcoin is not is not helping
0: yeah it's good to see you in the pool though ag i know you've been trying to build your dgen score up so uh, this will help you with that i know you love a good leverage product um I was just looking at the figures myself and trying to get a, a gauge on the revenue that we're pulling in. So it's been a bit, uh, a little bit of a mixed bag, but it's starting to get up towards a sort of thousand dollars a day, which is, you know, that's pretty good. Um, for context, ETH 2X Fly has been doing nearly 10,000 uh, on Sunday. So yeah, it, it's not bad for a, something that's just launched. I think I have to catch myself sometimes because we're with DPI um, and then ETH2XFLY being like such runaway successes, it's very easy to compare things to them like straight off the bat, but actually you need to sort of calm down. The same thing with MVI, like it's, it's only six weeks old at this point. Uh, we've got to give it some room to breathe, some time to get the word out there and, and grow it um, slowly and steadily. So yeah, I, I think it was great that we could launch on SushiSwap, like you say. Um, They've been kind of banging on our door a little bit to get a product on there. Uh, And I know a lot of the community index co-op have been keen to grow that partnership. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it stacks up and in like more general terms as as stuff starts to move on to Uniswap v3, uh, which obviously needs to keep an eye on that in the future. Yeah, so Lemonade has a, a bit of a playbook that he's working to now, which is obviously working really smoothly. He's pushing out on the socials. We're seeing the medium posts go out on time. Uh, And the launches are really working as expected, which is is obviously great to see. Um, So yeah, if if you haven't jumped in there already, go check it out. Um, If you want something to to do with your Bitcoin while it's sitting on Ethereum, this is definitely something you can look at. And especially with the action that we've seen in the markets recently, this might actually be a good time to go leverage long on BTC uh, and ride it up for that next leg that it's going to take up to 100k if elon stops fodding it into the ground are you
1: suggesting you're gonna you're gonna jump on on the leverage for the first time
0: uh no this is purely not financial advice um because i wouldn't follow it myself but like bitcoin's a little bit safer than eth so if somebody was looking to try one of these things out maybe the, the btc2x would be the one to go with to start um and i know you're eyeing up uh, a bit of a bottom here, and, and looking for a, another leg up, ag. So yeah, I think that's a good call.
1: Yeah, I'm usually a contrarian market indicator, so you you should have known to sort of short ptc when I went into that pool.
0: <laughs> yeah, well that means more pain to come. Then I think if you, you know, because you're still raving about it, so <laughs> I'll stay away from the time
1: Yeah, but at least I'm
0: not I'm not buying anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah, something else I talked about this week was uh, protocol ambassadors. So, Cedric, who's running the Meta Governance Working Group, um, basically put a post up asking for anybody who has links to uh, the underlying projects within DPI. So, if you're a DeFi DGen or you've been in crypto for a little while now, you might have been um, in these discords and forums for, you know, Aave Compound and, and all the other um, tokens that we have within DPI. And what Cedric's looking to do there is start to leverage those relationships uh, to make sure that when it comes to our meta governance activity, we are feeding back into the index co-op to inform our voters uh, of exactly what's going on and which way they might potentially vote um, on these meta governance proposals. So this is like an extra call for anybody who's listening. Uh, if, If you've got relationships into um, anything within DPI. I think we're up to twelve or thirteen tokens, maybe even more than that now. Um, so go check out the full list. If you're in a Discord and you know the people uh, at these DeFi projects, it's definitely worth giving Cedric a shout and seeing how you can add some value here. It's really interesting. We've talked about meta governance a lot before AG, but I think seeing this stuff start to come to fruition, um, leaning on these these partnerships and these uh, like relationships basically is going to be very cool like it's another thing that the index co-op does really well and seems to be ahead of everybody else if we can you know start to to put the feelers out there and and get our name around um then we will build that credibility and that trust with these other with these other projects so then when they start to see us voting um and, and we build the trust that way it's just going to be like i think it's going to be dynamite for our relationship with, with all these other projects
1: yeah, I think, I think that one is, is a bit hard, I, like, if you remember when we set up the Investment Committee, right, like, one of the ideas uh, behind it was fairly similar, it was like, you know, as we start to research the projects, we can reach out to the community, we can set up links, and then, you know, we have uh, people within Index who are experts on the tokens within DPI. And we sort of, I guess, realized that we just don't have the capacity to do deep dives and do token research um, at at that time. So this was a couple of months ago. And yeah, I guess it, it's just, it's challenging to see how, so what Cedric's, uh, I guess, is looking for is l- she's looking for like index community members who are active in other communities. And I don't know, how many index community members are like active in Aave Compound and so on to the point where they deeply understand what's going on there, right? And we we're talking about like some of the top uh, DeFi protocols, um, but what happens when we talk about Farm or M Stable or Kyber, right? Like um, I think that's that's a little bit challenging. So. In in general, the whole idea of meta-governance is is obviously very powerful. Um, I do think that the execution of it, um, you know, is going to be sort of work in progress and it, it might take a bit of time just given the, A, like the complexities and B, just trying to figure out the right way to structure it and then finding the right people to execute on that structure.
0: So do you reckon we fall back onto like a council or um, committee model in this case, if, if we are unable to find enough people with these links?
1: Like the, the idea of a council, right, is that the council sort of takes the responsibility for voting in meta governance votes away from index holders, right? And the council is obviously elected by the index holders via snapshot. So, um, And kind of the index holders have the power to call a vote to sort of disband the council. Um, Like, I think that model works a little bit better and the council can sort of look for advisors, right, at individual protocols. My concern with that a little bit is that, like, no matter what, type of structure we we have for meta-governance, it's going to be very time-consuming if we really want to understand these votes and if we want to be active in the governance of the underlying in, in one way or the other. So, if we, if we draw some parallels to the uh, synthetic Spartan Council, right, like, I think those guys get uh, paid like a full-time sort of salary in SNX to take up that role and i don't know if we need that for just for meta governance but we need something that is in in some way compensates the 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 council for like the considerable amount of time that they'll have to put in
0: that's fair enough i think either way we're going to need something in between you know in these these proposals need to feed into some kind of hopper that then is distilled down to the index co-op community um, it's just figuring out best way to do that because there's a lot of information out there there's a lot of information to digest like you say it's you know it's a full-time job even for a committee of people so there is going to be an element of trial and error as there is with a lot of the things we're doing as a DAO currently so I I think we see how it goes Uh, I don't think there's been a massive amount of like outpouring of people saying you know I have these links, but uh, Cedric did mention today that he, he's had some feedback and he's got some people lined up. So I think we'll see how it goes. And perhaps those people form, you know, form a committee between themselves or a working group and they become responsible for learning about all of the other uh, protocols that aren't covered. Um, and it goes from there because, you yeah, like I say, I think either, either way, no matter how you, you end up setting it up, there's going to have to be a group or a a person that takes information, distills it down, and then puts it out in a useful format for the rest of the community.
1: Yeah, but that's a uh, that's a simplistic function of the meta govern Like it's just a sub-function of meta governance, right? To just distill what the votes are. Like I think the more comprehensive view of of meta governance, it's you not just that you can distill the vote. But you can also suggest an opinion. You can suggest another. You can suggest a parameter change. You can sort of have an opinion on how to actively improve the underlying protocol. So yeah, I guess I think it's going to be kind of a very interesting, but also very sort of challenging topic to to get it right. And I don't know. My take is we'll probably have to do a couple of takes on it. Uh, before before we sort of settle on, on the final structure.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, like I say, trial and error. It's all part of what we're doing at the moment across a, a number of different things in the Index Co-op. Um, so on the other side of the fun spectrum, if I can put it that way, uh, I talked about how a couple of the design team have taken to redesigning our Instagram page. Um, I don't know if they took over from... If you remember, Crypto Roots used to run an Instagram, but I don't know if this is just a actually revamped version of that or if they've done a brand new one, uh, but it looks great. They've got a couple of posts up already and they're using the brand framework that's been designed by um, Martin and others, uh, probably Code Mathics as well, obviously Code Mathics as well, um, led by Dev. The design team have put together this this brand framework and... Uh, we're now starting to see it being used across the co-op. It means a change of colour, it means a change of font, um, but what it's going to do is give us a nice cohesive, uh, you know, co- cohesive visuals um, across everything that we do, which is great to see.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think they created a new one, is my understanding, um, but I'm obviously not too deep into Instagram. To be honest, I haven't gone on Instagram in probably like. 9 months if if not if not more. So I'm not the best person to sort of talk about Instagram which is also funny because until I started getting into crypto more or less full time I actually like haven't spent any time on Twitter and I spent more time on Instagram and now it's just like a complete uh complete reversal. But I, yeah I think it's uh I did look at sort of the um the socials proposal that uh those guys put together and uh it was just very very slick i think the graphics are great and uh you know congratulations to you because you sort of uh brought um brought those guys into the club from the metaverse index logo challenge
0: yeah i was really excited to get them on board after uh, seeing their entries for that mvi challenge they didn't win but they were extremely creative. And then in subsequent chats, they were like really keen to like get involved, throw ideas around. Um, So it was just a no-brainer really to to pull them in. Um, And I keep prodding them to get their stuff on the forum because I really want other people to see it. Uh, I think it came up on the weekly call today that um, people didn't know who was who were running or who was running the uh, Instagram account. So Static and Calf, they both do really good work. Together, they're known as the free and mad. Uh, they're like a, an art, artistic collective, basically. Um, and they do great work. They've been helping us out on MetaPortal as well, which is why that looks super slick. Uh, so yeah, they, they need to get the respect that they deserve. So look out for some forum posts from them with you know what they've been up to and what they're looking at going forward, because they're really an asset to the Index Co-op. Um, on that note, Greg took to the forum this week to talk about how he sees the Index Co-op, and his view is that we are a startup, which is quite interesting because for me that conjures up a very specific set of like circumstances and like a very specific framework or structure as well. But it was quite a generic post. Um, it was his own thoughts really just to kick off like a bit of discussion with everybody else in the community and he had a great list of like blog posts um, that and books that you can run through to kind of understand where he was coming from. I haven't been able to look through any of those yet. I, I wish I had the time to do it, and I will be making some time to do it just to understand his thinking on it. Um, but it's interesting for me because I think a DAO is this new thing, this new um, like wireframe almost of connections and Uh, like frameworks ways of working whatever you want to call it and so it's not holding us back in any way but to think of it in ways that have already been described I think can be limiting so I like the fact um, and I mentioned it a minute ago I, I like the fact that at the moment we're doing a lot of trial and error on on certain initiatives that we're working on within the DAO and as a community, we're coming together really well to give feedback on proposals and initiatives on the forum. And so I think the way that we're working as a globally distributed group of people with a bunch of different uh, backgrounds and specialities, we're actually making something work really well out of it. And at the end of the day, when we look at our metrics and our, you know, the numbers that we measure ourselves by, we're, we're performing really well as well. So Yeah, I don't. Something I haven't really formed my thoughts on too much, but I try and keep things sort of free and easy, and approach working in the index co-op as, you know, with a bit of leeway to experimentation. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, AJ. I
1: would, I would agree with Greg's sentiment. I think there is there is like a fine line about like between reinventing the wheel, right, and Finding new ways, of of doing things, right, and and I think, sort of the, point of a startup is to find new ways of doing things at 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 pace, like growing really fast. So, and that's sort of what we do what we're doing, right. So if you think about it, like, like ignore the I guess the associated corporate structure or work structure that. I guess you envision with a startup, right? And just focus on what it is that we're doing. And we are redesigning sort of the asset management space, right? Making crypto investing easy for everyone. And we are growing at sort of um, a pretty significant clip, right? So I think that qualifies um, us as as a startup. I do think that when it comes to work structures, we should be looking at kind of finding new ways that we can all work together in, like, effectively and, and efficiently. And I think that's where DAOs are different from, from a startup. But I think if we're talking about like marketing or growth, uh, sort of initiatives, I think, and I'm by no means an expert on on the subject, but I think some of those uh, marketing and growth hacks, for example, would be pretty similar between a startup and what we're doing. The, the, the main difference I see is that we haven't, like, crypto is so new, right, that no one has done a lot of these things before. So you can sort of take a, a technique from a tech startup world and try to apply it in crypto. But we just don't know whether or not it's gonna work, whether um while in the tech startup world, like there is obviously a playbook of different techniques for different stages for different types of startups that that you can implement, and that that is sort of the a little bit of the trial and error that you're talking about is that we often need to figure out how those techniques apply. In the crypto world, and like, how can we adjust the playbook uh, to sort of fit the crypto space?
0: Yeah, I think you made a, a lot of good points there, and I don't want to come across like I'm saying that we're not a startup or we shouldn't think about it that way, because uh, obviously there's a lot of principles that that do apply. Um, and the way that you described it, you know, creating new ways of work at pace. I think at a high level, there's no way to argue that that's you know that is that is what we're doing, and we can't argue against that. I think it was more from my point of view, like coming from a traditional workplace in automotive engineering, I just I just have this aversion to like ending up in the same you know, in the same situation or working for some community or DAO that ends up in this like it's hard to describe really, but you know, you've got that traditional hierarchy, you've got that traditional org structure, it just doesn't work for Maybe it's just me, but I think a lot of the people who have joined Index Co-op, and I see a lot of it across crypto, people are very like individual. They have a lot of agency. They like to just get shit done. And if you clamp down and put a very rigid framework around that, it can stifle some of that innovation. So yeah, I just tend to be a little bit resistant to some of these things. But I think in this case, it you know it obviously makes sense to think about um, Index Co-op as a startup from from some of the things that are said in there one of the most interesting examples for me i think is using the community as almost like an immune system so we try and direct ideas out onto the forum or at least in you know into the discord and try and engage them there because what that does is is automatically brings everybody out of the woodwork and you get the comments from you know, the, the longtime community members and the people who maybe have been lurking for a while and they want to say something about this specific thing that, you know, maybe means something to them or that they're very in, interested in it. And so you come to that rough consensus as a community uh, and that's how you move things forward or you, you know, stop them in their tracks. And and I like the way that that's been working recently. I think we do a really good job of that at Index Corp. It,
1: it was interesting, like when you said, you you think of community as an immune system i was like i was trying to figure out what is going to be sort of the virus that you're going to introduce that the immune system is going to fight but then you didn't go there um so i I wonder i wonder if there is no if there is no virus in this uh in this biological picture
0: i mean you're free to run with the analogy as well if you want ag but yeah i'm thinking like if you get just a proposal that you know would either distract us from our mission or maybe you know cost a lot of money but not give us a great return so not a great roi like anything that detracts from what we're trying to do potentially and maybe that's not is you know it doesn't have to be malicious in the same way that not all viruses are like malicious obviously they don't want to harm the host to the point where it affects the virus itself so it in this analogy basically it's just anything that comes along that the community thinks actually no, this is a bad idea by pushing it out into the forum or um, you know having that conversation in the open, maybe in the weekly meetings or whatever it might be. That is the chance for everybody to make a decision. And it, again, if you call back to like working in a traditional business, I don't, as a worker in one area, get to make decisions on what people are doing elsewhere. Which is, I guess, it's both a advantage and disadvantage of a DAO because it can slow things down the fact that you involve the community in a decision that half of them aren't going to know anything about. But at the same time, like I said, it's that way to come to rough consensus It's a way to get an idea of sentiment. It's a way to, you know, take a temperature check. So yeah, it's a, it's immune system in that way. And that's what I meant. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes
1: sense. I think, uh, you know, when when you said it, I basically the my immediate thinking was, okay, then the proposals and everything, like all the ideas that get put to the community are automatically a virus. And then the community sort of, uh, if the idea doesn't meet the standards, right, then like the immune response is triggered and the idea is sort of killed, right? Like for lack of a better word. So that's kind of how I saw it. But another thing that is really interesting is... um, when you talk about, like, the community sort of having an opportunity to have a say on um, anything, even if it's outside of their area of expertise, right? And that's something that you personally enjoy compared to like the traditional um, corporate world. What What are your thoughts, then, on the yearn proposal, right? Like, um, I forgot exactly what it's called, but the kind of the essence of it was that sort of the decision-making power, right, would be delegated to individual Y teams, right, who had the authority to act within their area of expertise. And there was kind of no input that you could give, like you probably can give input, but it's not a vote, it's not a sentiment check, it's not a poll. Um, Those teams have the power to execute within their area of expertise. So that's actually very much similar to a traditional corporate structure where if you're a marketing unit, you can execute marketing initiatives. And I guess like in traditional corporate structure, you still have to get it like approved or whatever, but here it's like autonomous marketing unit, for example. Um, So it sort of deviates from the community-based approach.
0: Okay, I'll preface this by saying I have only read that proposal once and it's pretty detailed and lengthy. But the way that I look at it, I guess there's two levels. There's the community consensus level and then there is the moving funds around on chain to actually put money towards this stuff level. Um, And without both of them working in harmony, you could have the greatest idea and the community is all behind it. But if there's no money for it, it's not going to go anywhere. Obviously, not everything requires money, <clears throat> but for most things. And, uh, and I think the way that Yearn were going with that it, it is in terms of like funding. And they're a more developer led protocol as well. So it's a lot more Im- important, I, th- I think, for them. Uh, but for us, the way that it works at the moment uh, and the way that we're heading with working groups, I think I personally think it's working quite well. Um, and I think pushing responsibility out to those areas to, reward contributors um and to decide on a budget and then pursue initiatives like that's how we should be doing it so the check and balance comes when the treasury committee basically reviews uh, a working group proposal and that includes the budget for contributors the budget for any initiatives and they say yes or no and then that working group is funded so at any one time there might be like a 3 month window where that working group gets 200k Dollars to go and do whatever they want with. So I think that leaves that sort of um, gatekeeping in there in terms of funds aren't just freely moving about all the time. Uh, There has to be a justification. And then we're still leaving that community rough consensus in there when a working group is proposed and put forward, then the community has to rally around and say, yes, this is a good idea, we agree with it. Uh, and, And then it's funded by the Treasury Committee. So you get those two things coming together. Yeah, I think I think that's how I see it. I think it's working well within the index co-op and pushing further to have more like empowerment to the working group leads is the way that we're going. Um, like I mentioned there, with like rewarding contributors in each area, and, and I think we can probably carry on down that path for a bit um before needing to go to a yearn model with like multi sigs at every level. Um but maybe the, what we're doing now is just an interim step and that's where we end up. But I will be looking at that in more detail. What what about you? What are you thinking? Like, based on what I've just said, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I think... Okay, so I think there are two levels, right? There is, like, the funding the working groups level, which I think at the moment works really good. The only kind of thing is that the working group needs to put forward a proposal requesting funding for the following three months, right? So they... I don't know, they need to have a pretty good grasp on what they're gonna do and I guess they can act for, for like a little a little extra, but they they sort of need to budget and, and forecast. So that's like one level and I think on that level it works great. I like kind of the proposal, right? You you put it forward, you say I need money for XYZ and um you know, and then you get the money and then you go and execute on it. The kind of the the, the other level that I think we can improve on is funding for requests that sit outside of working groups or that sit outside of a working group's budget, right? And I frankly don't quite understand the process if we have one for that. And and maybe it's part of the fact that like we just don't have, I don't know like maybe we don't have enough working groups that sort of cover all of the necessary areas. Um, or like, yeah, I don't see like how how some of these proposals, some of these initiatives sort of slip through the cracks and fall in between working
0: groups. Yeah, maybe I can jump in there to clarify because this would be probably really good for everybody listening as well. So when the Treasury Committee was set up um I think it was with IIP4. So if anybody wants to go and check out what I'm saying, they can do so in there. But there was a line item in there that says basically the Treasury Committee has some discretion on how to use the funds. So once every three months, we put forward a request to pull funds from what's called the community treasury, which is where all of the vested tokens go um, as they're unlocked. So we budget and we say we need this much for contributors, we need this much now to fund working groups as well. Um, there's a bit of leeway in there for like price action, and then maybe some miscellaneous items. So we get our funding. And then over the next three months, we're going to be looking to give out the monthly rewards, we're going to be looking to fund the working groups um, and do any of those bits in between like, like you've just mentioned. So what people are free to do, let's say that you think uh, having a billboard on Times Square for Index Co-op is a great idea, and it's going to get us loads of new customers. What you'll do is you'll pull together um, the idea. Maybe you kick it off in Discord. Somebody says, "Yeah, that's a great idea." I saw they did it with some crypto punks, and it got you know it got on CNBC. So away you go. You have that conversation. You formalise the idea. You go and do some research. You know what what is what's it going to cost first of all? Um, as Greg likes to say, what problem are we trying to solve? And you lay it out in a way that we're starting to do on the forum now quite consistently. And you can go and look at any like recent proposal and you'll see this. So what problems are we trying to solve? You know, what's the cost going to be? Why do we need to do it now? Um, What's the return on it going to be? How can we learn from it and put that all into a formal proposal? And then if the community sentiment is in favour and you have a poll on there and you, you know, you take the temperature check from the community and, and it seems like a good thing to do, the Treasury Committee has the discretion to fund it. So you'll formalize it into an IIP um, and it will go forward with uh, 5% quorum is the new requirement. So um, much lower quorum requirements than we had previously. Uh, and then the Treasury Committee, we can just fund it from our from our account, basically. So that's how I would say it works. Um, and if that's not clear, then we need to uh, get a post out there to kind of clarify that thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, I think we do need one. Uh, you and I sort of talked about this mechanism uh, before, but I, I'm not sure how widely known it is that you can actually sort of uh, pool funding, request funding for initiatives that kind of sit outside of working groups. Because um, in, in general, I think funding has been not a concern, but like a yeah question mark right um, for for a while now. Um, yeah, so I think we've talked about it for for quite a while so let's uh, let's jump into the last item on the on the newsletter which was uh uma kpi options uh do you want to run through that
0: yep definitely can do and uh yeah quite conveniently this falls under the sort of bracket that you were just describing stuff that doesn't necessarily come under a working group so M rings and a number of other contributors actually have, have kind of pulled this together over a couple of months, like the last couple of months, it came up initially in, in February as a way to help address this um, challenge that we'd seen with our governance distribution, like in terms of the token distribution. And what it does is it allows us to get tokens into the hands of other or or all index holders, basically. So whether you hold two tokens or 200,000 tokens, you'll get the same amount in an airdrop. So what this is going to do is like lift up that long tail of smaller holders and give them more governance power. So it's got to the point now where they've put forward this um, proposal. We actually had the UMA team turn up in Discord, answer a load of questions about it. Uh, I think they just did that of their own volition. Um, I'm not sure it was really prompted by anything. They just all seem to arrive like one one evening and uh, just just talk about it. Bit of a flash mob. <laughs> yeah, flash mob. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, that, that kind of pushed it forward. It's pushed it out onto the forum now. There is a poll ongoing. I'm uh, just going to go and check. We've got 93% in favour on the forum with 15 voters so far. So if anybody wants to go and check that out, they can do. I need to add my comments to that. Actually, that's this has prompted me to go and do that. But um, yeah, as I say, it's one of those proposals that uh, kind of falls in between a few different working groups. But Given that it looks like it's going to be voted in favor of, then it will be funded from um, the Treasury Committee, and, and we can move forward with setting up one of these options. I don't suppose you know how they work on that Uma protocol, do? You?
1: No, I don't. I don't know the technical details, but I think there's like a yeah, there is a, there is a function right where we say you get X amount of options, and they're redeemable at. X strike price, depending on where we are in relation to our goal, which I think they're using TVL as the KPI metric, uh, which coincidentally is what uh, UMA did for their own KPI options when they launched them in, in, in February. Uh, but one thing that I wanted to ask you, you said uh, kind of, it, it looks like it's sort of people voting in favor of it, but it would still have to go through sort of the... The formal IAP and snapshot vote to sort of get funded through the treasury wallet. Um, yeah, so I think sort of wraps it up a little bit. Um, I think we can probably spare five or ten minutes to talk about the market. Uh, what's uh, yeah? What's uh, what are you thinking? Thinking we got uh, further to go? BTC is divergence. What's uh, what's on your mind?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking somebody needs to confiscate uh, Elon Musk's mobile so that he is not concentrating on Twitter and he's concentrating on either getting us to Mars or running a car company, which is actually more difficult than he makes it look. So, yeah, we've seen everything sell off. I said to you over the last few weeks, I kind of think we're going to have a bit of... We need a bit of misery um, for a little while, maybe a month or two. Uh, BTC has been in like sideways range for actually a couple of months already so maybe this is like the final capitulation before we move on but i i definitely don't think it's over um nothing fundamentally has changed people like to sell on the weekend um, and there was some just extra fud laid on top of that so i think it's just business as usual really just crypto doing crypto things um i personally haven't moved any positions uh nearly i have been looking at btc 2x just because i know you're having a comfy time sat in the 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 liquidity pool there over at sushi swap but yeah i I think it's just normal normal stuff going on basically i try to ignore it and just hold on to my eth as best i can
1: yeah i think it's funny i think um i don't know if it's actually true or if i just saw it somewhere and it was uh just false information but i do believe that i saw somewhere that tesla made more money from bitcoin in a quarter than they made in like the entire history of, as a car company in terms of profit like actual profit
0: yeah that's that's true yeah because the only the only money they've made as a car company is like selling these energy credits so they haven't actually made profit by selling cars but they did make a ton of profit on the bitcoin that they sold
1: uh yeah that one so that that's uh that's that's pretty funny and yeah, broadly, I think I I sort of agree with you. Um, we've seen, uh, Bitcoin in in a sideways range for like between, probably sixty and forty five, K for several months now. Um, it's it's hard to see, like, much more selling going into EIP fifteen fifty nine. Looking at activity on chain, looking at uh, transaction fees, and how much is going to be burned when. EIP fifteen fifty nine um, goes live. Uh, it's just really hard to see kind of how how ETH wouldn't get bought up, right? Um, if if we had lower, I think we we've seen kind of a lot of institutional interest in ETH and uh, DeFi over the last several weeks. Um, I think the general commentary is that it's easier for institutions to understand DeFi and and understand ETH, and they generally prefer productive assets, uh, which Bitcoin is is not. So, yeah, kind of, and also I think uh, sort of the drawdown from the top for both ETH and Bitcoin is uh, somewhere around 30, 35%, which is just your sort of typical uh, bull market uh, drawdown. And it's just, I think it's been a while since we had one. So if you overlay that with Dogecoins and Elon and all of that, um, it just triggers a little bit of FUD. And also, I think if you look at the fear and greed index, right? Like um, last time I checked, which was uh, yesterday, uh, the Bitcoin fear and greed index was in like extreme fear, uh, something like that. So um, actually is the lowest level, since the uh, march 2020 crash so yeah i think that kind of sets up sets uh, us up nicely for for a run i just don't know sort of if we're gonna have to endure a little bit a little bit more of of this sort of unfortunate price action or if we're on on our way to recovery
0: so I, i'm assuming the fear part of the fear and greed index was driven by you smashing the red button over the weekend. Cause you did tell me you were highly fearful given what was taking place.
1: Yeah, it was, it was highly fearful, but uh, I, yeah, no, no, no paper
0: hands here. Good on you. Uh, yeah. It's funny because it, it didn't really make any sense to me. Like we've seen much more important like decisions get made that affect the crypto markets. And over the weekend, it was just like crap. It was just total crap, suddenly scaring people out of their positions. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know, it just seems like nonsense to me. I'm not really sure why there's been such a reaction to it. Maybe this will age really badly and we'll look back on it in three months and say, I wish I'd sold out there. But uh, yeah, I just don't fundamentally see what has changed. Um, so personally, just going hold to this, hold this into oblivion at this point. uh yeah yeah me too cool well (laughs) on that note um as we (laughs) ride our portfolios down to zero uh, i think that's probably about time to wrap it up for this week so yeah thanks everybody for listening in
1: great thanks everyone